And I think it's all an opportunity. It depends how early you get in on it. My friend asked me, she's a marketing director, what was, what, why was Lego different from Hope? Or not even from, from others, why was it different for Lego? I said, aside from donating money, this is what I feel. They were brave enough to talk their mind. So some people don't even want to think about the new normal. So they, they say, no, things are going to be the same. I don't want things to change. It will change. Welcome to episode 5 of The Wildcast. And today we're talking to Michelle Barreto, CEO and founder of Vitamin B, a strategy design and advertising company. We have been working with them over the last few years on our Good Rose Coffee and our Mountain Fondos jersey design. So the jersey designs and our coffee pack designs and strategy really comes from this brilliant group from Vitamin B. She talks to us about design thinking, how design can help solve the problems we face today, adapting businesses to the new normal, and their current pet project, Medijeep, a transportation solution they developed with the city of Mandaluyong that uses jeepneys to transport non-COVID patients that need medical care. It was an incredibly interesting discussion and I definitely came away from it with a lot of useful insights, both going through and post-COVID-19 and life and business in general. Enjoy, give it a listen. Thank you very much, Michelle, and welcome to The Wildcast. You're my fifth guest on The, the Wildcast podcast and uh thank you very much for coming on and uh maybe you can introduce yourself um aside from being jp alipia's friend and his wife's friend yeah so i'm michelle barreto and i am a brand strategist so uh for branding we look at business models systems um, products experiences and communications i have a full team uh, of creative people who I work with. So pretty much when we come up with strategy, they translate that into an executionable or tangible idea in whatever form we feel is necessary or appropriate. So that's what we do. I own a small firm called Vitamin B. It's uh, 15 years old. It's a boutique branding agency. Uh, primarily, we do a lot of work in real estate and in healthcare, which I think um, right now with a crisis is very, very um, appropriate because, you know, social distancing, it's about spaces and then healthcare, right. of course, is that. So when this happened, it was just, you know, um, everything about real estate and healthcare put together when we could never marry both. And then it, it, it just all, you know, came together in, unfortunately, with COVID. That's so, right. So, That's yeah. Right. So let me, let me just show... Um, I, I have your website up here on my okay. screen and then I'm just going to show people what it is. And so this is, uh, this is basically the website of Vitamin B. So they're a branding agency that specializes in building and elevating brands through creative and insightful brand strategy, brand design, and brand experience. So that is their website. If you want to look them up, they're vitaminb-brands.com. And they're a really talented group. They've designed our, they've designed a few things for us, and we're very thankful <laughs> for that. So they've designed basically our um, our jersey for the upcoming Cordillera Mountain Fondo. Supposedly, if we can even run it this year, 
So yeah. this is this is the jersey that they designed. Really, really nice. Uh, really, really nice jersey here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's it's made from what do you call it? It's it's sort of designed after the rice terraces, and that was mm -hmm. the inspiration for this design. So it's really nice of them. And then of course they they also made the design for our good, good roast. roast. Yeah, our good roast coffee. <clears throat> Where is that? Let me let me just look it up. Good roast coffee. Uh-huh. Okay, that was patterned after um the tribal weaves of the Sagada region. So that was the inspiration for that. Right, that's right. The the good roast was patterned after that. And let me show you here. So this is the good roast. So premium Arabica single origin beans with good roots. So they even uh, designed the strategy for our, our coffee and you can see this is this is the main design here for the good roast and they go through the the whole design process and see there this this here this is the good roast coffee uh packs which uh vitamin b uh thankfully designed for us so really really nice stuff that uh, from a really talented team as well no? and the, you remember here we really love this feature at the back where it actually educates um, the user with the region in the Sagada region where the coffee beans are from because it's single origin. Like here, that's right, right. This is this is the Benguet, Benguet region actually, Benguet, Benguet, region. Benguet province, yeah. yeah. And yeah. yes, it, it's really nice that the, the design actually incorporates the, the actual place where, uh, where the coffee was planted and and sometimes I think for a lot of the products, we don't know where it comes from. No, uh, a lot of the products that you get in the supermarket, there is no, there is no connection anymore from the original source of this product. And and through your agency and through your design, you were actually able to c come out with this design that that not only showed our product, showcased our product, but also showed where. The product came from where coffee was planted and cultivated and and all of that so that was uh so thank you thank that you for was that was fun yeah yeah that was fun yeah that, that was uh that was fun for us also uh going yeah. through with you guys with the creative process no so you were skeptical right? Uh, yeah of course <laughs> you know i'm i'm like a cheapskate but <laughs> but i'm how to go about, uh, you know, getting a big design firm. And, and then, of course, uh, it really shows that, you know, getting good people to work on, on stuff, it really pays up. And, and, uh, and your you. team is one of the best. No? So uh, we were really happy with that. And, of course, everybody actually commented about uh, the coffee packs and everything. Uh, nice, thanks. Yeah, even the mayors of some of the towns here uh, actually, oh, it's our town. It's on the coffee packs, and no normally, really? that's not, yeah, that's not uh, that's not something yeah. that they would get, no, because it's always branded as, let's say, Calzada Coffee or something else, and sometimes yeah. it's very difficult to to point the. There's always a difficulty to put the narrative in where it comes from yeah. and all of that, so. Then of course now there's a lot of lot more coffee brands that are trying to do the same thing, and yeah. so 
So how are you? How are you okay. doing with the crisis at the moment? <laughs> busy, busier than um, it's busier. Than, it's busier. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we have some projects for. So of course we also do commercial work, like we right. said, real estate, healthcare. So we have projects that are continuing. You know, making sure that you know uh, we're still up to our deadlines, right? But we have some projects that have slowed down. We said, okay, we'll start again after the lockdown. And you know that we've used that time to figure out how design could help, right? And right. so that those hours have been dedicated to that. And because we're working from home and, you know, we can't do the typical process that we do. So um, it's actually more intense. Like you're coordinating by WhatsApp, by Zoom meetings. and That's right. So that's right. But for your job, it's actually easier to have the whole team in a room and just bounce ideas yeah. off of each other. I would yeah. imagine parang yeah. with Zoom, it's very hard to have more than three voices all at the same time yeah. talking and, and yeah. on, online. That, that's really a challenge. No? Yeah. Um, so a lot of your projects have slowed, but some of your projects are are pushing through. Do you do you also project like redesigning the strategy for the projects that have slowed down? Because obviously it's going to be a big change, no? In the in the in the next I don't know next few months. Yes, definitely. So I was telling you, we do spaces, right? And um, spaces now will completely change, right? Because right? it's the places we go to that people are fearful of. So, um, you know, we have some clients now who, you know, their products are actually well-suited for after COVID mm -hmm. and they didn't even realize. So we had to point that out to them. So we are like, you know, these are the features in your building that you should now um, actually talk about because post-COVID, that's what people are looking for. And then we have clients, that's not how their products are, um, you know, um, put together. Right. So, so there's both opportunities and, and of course, things that, you can't continue on with 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 COVID now. I mean, yes. this is a new reality for us and for the whole world. And I think it's all an opportunity. It depends how early you get in on it. Right, right. right. Now that's so, the entrepreneur mindset in you, you know, parang, and strategist. Maybe. <laughs> parang, I, it's all an opportunity. A lot of people see it as parang doom and gloom, eh? but you're looking at it as everything is an opportunity. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it sounds bad, but after COVID, right, um, in a way it will be less competitive because right. there are going to be business and brand that will die out, unfortunately, but that's the truth, right? So, and then for those who are able to stay longer, um, not all of them will know how to react to the new normal. So some people don't even want to think about the new normal. So they, they say, no, things are going to be the same. I don't want things to change. It will change. Right. Um, you and I talk about this. It should change, right? right. It Businesses should, change. should, it should be, change. It should change. If we don't learn anything from this, I think it's sad and it will happen again, whether it's a pandemic or it's something else, but something's going to hit us again. So we, we should learn from this. And so, again, so it should be like a business evolution. In, in you know, I'm a biologist. Absolutely. So parang the weak businesses should die. Would you say is that yeah. something? Yeah. Even, um, 
And and if they can't really yeah. compete, then it's something that's a natural process that they should die or they should evolve into something else. And that's that's part of the whole process that we need to painfully go through, no? Yes. Business evolution. Should. Yeah, I, I guess should is a harsh term. But yeah, it will, yes. Right? Because it's become so excessive, right? At a certain point, um, you know, things will things will give, whether it's the environment or it's health, it's a pandemic, it's excessive. Right, that's so, right. That's right. There's yeah. always this push for constant growth and sometimes we need to just yeah. like plateau. That's fine, you know, we can just yeah. stay at this level. We don't need to constantly grow. And Absolutely. there's there's no push for that, no? And like maybe can you take me through what's your typical day now compared to before? Before you would wake up maybe at six a.m. drive to the no. office or <laughs> no? Okay. Oh, you're the yeah, boss, yeah. so you can you can you can go a little later. Yeah. No, luckily I'm counter flow, so it gets it takes me thirty minutes to get to the office. Okay. So yeah, so that saves me a lot of time. Um. So no, I I I still try to keep. Keep a routine. I wake up the same time um, that I used to wake up and going to work. I think I said that uh, at the very beginning. It was important for me to have some sense of normalcy. Otherwise, I'd go nuts. So, yeah. So, I keep the same uh, routine Monday to Friday. It's just right. really, I'm I'm at, you know, uh, I'm in my laptop. <laughs> yeah, I'm in my laptop or I'm on the phone checking my WhatsApp groups or I, I set aside time to read, but it's all... Uh, work-related. I generally um, still keep a schedule. Um, I just started to incorporate a little bit more of exercise because you know you don't have the travel time and you can do that. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I wake up, um, you know, start the day with my team, see what we're going to do for the day, and then the whole day talk to clients, brainstorm with the team. So, so you still go through a regular work week, basically Monday to Friday, 9 to 5, so something yeah. like that, no? Same... Yeah same routine and everything yes. so is it is it more difficult to work from home or do you do you do more like i i found that you know mostly i work from home and technically yeah. it's very hard to clock out no parang you don't really clock out at 5 p.m so parang 9 p.m now you're still working and yeah. the, does this happen to you now compared to before you go to the office you clock out of the office and then you can go to a bar or something but yeah. uh but now you work from home. There's no bar to go to, and you can't <laughs> yeah. really clock out. No, you can't go home because yeah. you're already home. Yeah. So I never liked working from home. I know some people liked it, but because I couldn't find the, you know, the the difference. So I'd work in my bed. I'd work in. So it wasn't comfortable because my my bedroom felt like you know an office. So. There. So I had to create a space and then I had to set the time to start to stop. So in our office, we clock in in the morning and what's up and we clock out. Right? Oh, so there's okay. also time when you kind of know, yeah, so you know you don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right, so right. that's when people start. That's when people um, end. So we do that. And then for me, what's more difficult now is really more prioritizing my work hours between um, doing the projects that are existing, doing the health crisis projects, and also planning for vitamin B's future. Right. Immediate right. and long term. Right? That's right. That's right. I need to do that. Because yeah. you're going to have to change your business as well, no? Uh, yeah. To respond to this whole thing. It's it's not going yeah. to be the same 
advertising landscape after after COVID-19. I mean, companies will have less money. They might not yeah. be advertising in the next year. They don't know who to sell to because nobody's buying and there's a lot of different things and that you'll have to yeah. consider as a brand strategist. And uh, so um, going yeah. to design, you you talk about design thinking quite a bit, you know, design thinking and and how do you think design thinking a lot of people think design is more like graphic design uh, that that's the sort of typical yeah. typical thing yeah. that uh, most people will 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 say they know about design it's designing clothes or it's it's a very parang uh, aesthetic aesthetic yeah. vi- visual advertising so what is your concept of design exactly like how does it how does um, design uh, for you no how is design for you so we always say, so there's this um, frame of mind where design is a solution, right? So uh, I always tell my people who are designers, you know, there's a lot of them come from the creative aspect where it's about expression and that's fine. You know what I mean? Um, artists have a lot of money and they're very, very creative. But as a designer, you have a specific task. It's not merely your expression. So it's either the task of solving a problem for a client or, you know, something, you know, uh, you know, like in the environment. So it's, it's really design is coming up with solutions, right? And right. ideally, of course, make it pretty na rin, right? Oh. Um, but, but primarily, it should have a function. Right. If it's not really that functional, it's art. Right. I'm not knocking art, but that's, that's right. the difference. Right. 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 So, there, yeah. There's this example I'd like to, parang, to just to show how design actually works as a solution is I went to this, uh, it's like an echo building in Seattle, which where in the design of the building, they designed the stairs to have the prettiest view and the nicest design. And they put the elevator in the ugliest place and in, in sort of like the not in the not in the natural path of people yeah. and and this was to make people use the stairs walk more, no? walk yeah. more use the stairs use less energy and that's the that's the role of design in solving that problem no? Parang yeah. you're able to to change where people move or like for instance simply putting in bigger sidewalks is a design thing right i mean bigger yeah. sidewalks with with um with plants and trees, and more people tend to walk in these areas that have um, that have more beautiful spaces. Like for instance, if you compare BGC and Quezon City, mm-hmm. more people drive in QC than BGC. Only, I mean, simply because of the way the city is designed, and that's a design problem that was solved in a, in, a, in a sense. Yeah. Well, that's, I don't know if I told you, we did a little bit of a walkability study in BGC. Mm-hmm. And there was, we had very, very interesting insights from that one. And then there's a guy I met. His name is uh, Leandro Poco. He did a space syntax study in the city. What we know about walkability here today, when I heard his talk, is different from what the reality and planning is. Very, very interesting. So the walkable cities that we know, and I don't know if we're jumping topics to topics. Right, right. I guess that's, that's fine. That's you know, fine. But yeah. that's, you know, um, the walkable cities that we know actually contribute to traffic. 
Oh, really? Okay. Uh, yeah. So very interesting. So he said, um, a city like BGC is only planned to be walkable within BGC. Right. Okay. But to get out of BGC, you need a car. That's true. So people that's still right. need that's, that's... to, yes, people need to take cars in and out. So what happens is BGC is flooding cars into EDSA mm. or C5. That makes right. that makes real sense, no? It's it's exactly. sort of like uh, the subdivisions now where they're so displaced from public transport, and yeah. you're 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 driving vehicle use in subdivisions because people. I mean, you know, I've I've lived in subdivisions in Manila, and it's when when I first lived in the subdivision, I didn't have a car, and I would have to walk yeah. maybe two kilometers just to get to exactly. just to get to. Uh, public transport so that's that's driving no and uh exactly yeah, exactly what you're saying no and yeah. so villages that's another one he was saying villages pump in cars exactly edsa. right right so he was right. saying it's not edsa that's the problem it's all these satellite uh, developments right that you build that require cars so you're just you know and they're not linked the together time. no parang that's the problem also yeah so, so, so do you work a lot on most of your jobs are obviously they're parang commercial. You work for um, a lot of uh, land agencies, development projects like BGC or Alveo, and a lot of these things. So now uh, during this this time, no, there's there's this concept called designing for development. So how do you think? What is the role of design in tackling the challenges that we have now, just coming from what we just discussed? Um, like I said, we're talking about the breakdown of systems, right? Uh, the role of design really that we see is uh, to be able to not just create better products, create better services, create all those breakdowns in the system. How do you fix it? How do you connect it? That's design. Right. So sometimes, um, like MediJeep, when we launch it, uh, it's not really an aesthetically beautiful, you know what I mean? Like, we didn't design new Jeep, right? But there is a gap in the system where we felt like you could link a few pieces together with minimal design work, and you could connect the system again. Right, right? So right. it's like, you know, you're like piecing things together again to make the whole system work. So, so that's the thing with design because it's solving problems, right? When you did, you know, there are a lot of problems. There are a lot of, you know, things that will disconnect when, you know, uh, developments get bigger or when you're creating new developments. So it's making sure that you're able to address all of these um, uh, problems, right? right? Making things better. So. All right. Well, you you just discussed MediJeep, so I'm gonna jump right to that. And so, what is MediJeep exactly, and and how did this idea come about? Um, so, MediJeep is a point-to-point -point medical transport. It is meant to be an alternative for the ambulances, specifically during COVID. Right. So, how did this come about? So, a friend, a group of friends of mine, uh, they were trying to help a guy who works with government. In terms of, uh, we asked him, what do you need? 
um, PPEs, with the, you know, like how, how can we help you? So these group of girls were saying. And um, what I did was I just put a bit of a process in terms of how we were going to talk to this, this man. His name is Roel Kapunan. He's a great guy. So I told him, can you, okay, I'll give you a few answers to ask me to answer. I said, what if, based on this whole scenario, what do you feel is the most immediate need? And then the second thing I asked them is, what do you feel is the biggest need? Sometimes what's most immediate is the biggest, right? right? And then the third is, what is a need that may not be immediate or may not be big, but it's a need nobody's filling? Because I know PPEs are a big and immediate need and everybody's there, right? right. Is there another need that walang tumutulong? Right. So what's that? That was the third question. And the fourth is just, you know, give us the whole scenario of um, what the government's trying to do and where things are not working. So he explained it, the immediate with the biggest. And then that small need he was saying, um, you know, yung isa kong, he said in, in Filipino, he goes, um, last week sa Cavite, may lolo daw na may sakit. Right. And they, the ambulance there couldn't take him to the hospital just because the ambulance driver was afraid to drive. Okay. So the, the lola died. He goes, hindi nga namin alam kung COVID siya eh. Kasi hindi mo lang siya umabot ng hospital. Because right. the ambulance wouldn't drive. So we're like, why wouldn't they drive? So right now, anybody who's sick is almost assumed to be COVID. Right? Okay. Unless it's a heart attack or you know. Right. You so whatever cough. sickness parang, o COVID na yan. And automatically, so nobody long, wants to pick you up. Exactly, right? Because apparently, um, so the ambulance drivers need um, the sophisticated PPEs because they're inside a contained air-conditioned vehicle with potentially a PUM or a PUI, right? Okay. So he needs the hazmat suit. He, need, he needs that. And uh, because it's, you know, lacking right now, it never gets to them. It goes to the doctor first, if at all. So these ambulance drivers and the people, the medics, they're afraid. So they won't drive. So that's why they didn't drive that ambulance, right? Because there's already a case where the kahawaan inside an ambulance. Right, so right. because they're not, you know, basically, unless you are a member of Lifeline or you can pay, you know, the Makati Med or St. Luke's ambulance, you know, you're going to rely on the barangay, the LGU ambulance, and they may not take you there. Mm -hmm. So that was a concern that was going to grow as this thing spreads, right? So he was saying, what's going to happen? Maglalakad yung mga tao. Pag maglakad yung mga tao, he said, dadaan yan sa 7-Eleven para pumila ng tubig. And when they do that, they're going to infect everybody there and we can't trace them. Right. So the point to point was important because of the tracing. Right. Oh, that so, makes sense. That makes sense. So yeah. Parang you go from the house, you, you take out everything that that person will have to go through to get to the hospital because those exactly. are all points of contact. Yes, right? So even if you drive your car, right? So for a rich person, he'll drive his car. If he takes people in the car with him, that's already, um, you're infecting others. Because right. in an ambulance, they limit diba, how many can go. Number two, he was saying, even if they drive their cars, we don't know if they're in the middle or again, they're going to 7-Eleven. So that the point-to-point -point was critical. And then, so we said, and then the air conditioning was another problem. Apparently, it actually helped, you know, um, propagate the virus. Yes. So we just said, look, um, I think 
I mean, I'll say this, right? I think the other, like Vico Soto, tried the tricycles, right? That's right. And yeah. but he tried it for frontliners, mm-hmm. so it was a bit of a skew here. We're saying, but you know what? The tricycles may be good vehicles. We said because I'm tricycle, the ba yung cab na sa side. Right. That's so right. Because That's this, right. Uh-huh. Like, we started with that. I told him the cab is on the side. So there's a bit of a distance with the driver, right? Mm-hmm. I said, if I put, if I design a barrier in the middle to protect the driver, right? Would that help you? And I said, but there's no air conditioning and then there's no door. So the driver doesn't have to get off. The guy can just come in. Right. And he goes, hey, oh my God. And you could see it was a light bulb for him. So he was like, can you put that together? I'll pitch it to DILG and to um, NDR. RMC and if they like it, we can pitch it to LGs. Can you put that together? So it's like, yeah, okay, we'll put it together. And then after the meeting, in ten minutes, he texted DILG wants to see it. Oh and wow! And then he said, yeah, he just said they don't want long tricycle, anything but a tricycle. So we're like, okay, you know, we don't know why, but okay. So we decided, um, what would be another same open air where there's no door, you know, we can, you know, make sure that the driver has no contact right. with a PUI, if in case. And so there's a plastic GP. barrier in yes. inside also, yeah? Yeah. So what we did was um, very, very simple you know, adjustments. Oh. A plastic barrier inside. We put tarpaulin signages outside so they would be official and checkpoints wouldn't stop them. Also because all the other GP drivers might start driving thinking, it had to be official and then the dispatch would come from the LGU right so again when we would train the drivers no contact so the patient even the dispatcher will say when the driver comes in you get behind so no contact at all so, so and then the disinfecting process so the design also included like the call center where they're going to call in or is it or did you just design the, the? I mean, did you design the process where they call and then, yeah, and then and the and the whole thing? So it's a it's a it's a whole system that you put together. Yes. It's not just the jeep, no. Yes, the jeep won't work if the system doesn't, you know what I mean, isn't put together. Right. So yeah, we designed the system as well. So we're gonna train them tomorrow to do that. Okay. And then for us, we're telling them you're gonna give livelihood to. These jeepney drivers, because normally my any associations say, "Kaya niya tricycle toda." Right. Right. So you can even tap them, and then mag-usap na sila, you know, um, per area, per area, yeah. and then sana mag-alternate, because we don't need all of them, right? But right. at least we could give some livelihood, and I think it's also you know giving them dignity, right? Right, so, right. It's it's work. Lost, diba? Parang, yeah. It's work, and they lost their jobs. Right. Parang easily and like one day when they said lockdown, wala na silang lahat trabaho. Right. Hindi lang. right. And but now they can actually be useful contributors to they will be frontliners. That's true. Right? That's because true. the LGU cannot, you know, if this blows up, you can't buy more ambulances. How much will that cost? Right. And then you can't supply the hazmats for the you know. so with this one, they will have simpler um gear. Just a mask, maybe. Just a mask and a lab gown. Apparently mm. not a hazmat. Just a mask and a lab gown. And then the, the jeep is in a, um, separated and whatever. Right. And then we'll have disinfecting units in place, um, both on the jeep and in the barangay when they come back. 
Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, so that's that's a really really simple idea, no? That you've designed so that you you respond to this problem, which right now a lot of people are actually falling through the gaps. You know, a lot of people who yeah. have heart disease, cancer, dialysis, all of these things where they actually need to go to the hospital, but they're not being able to go to the hospitals because there's no yes. transport. There's no... I mean, I, I read somewhere that people with with disease are, are walking from their homes to the hospital and, and that's exactly. like 10 kilometers and... And like you said, yeah. they, they'll stop in a 7-Eleven, they'll stop in a Sari Sari store or whatever to buy water. And, and those are all contact points. No? And, exactly. and, and simply by using something that already exists, which is a Jeep, and putting, putting a whole system, designing a whole system for it, you've solved this, this little problem that yes. all cities now have, no? not just Manila. Um, in so, Baguio, I think they... They have something similar, but it's a taxi system, naman. So okay. our taxis are the ones where there's like a designated number of taxis, and if you have a heart problem or whatever, you can call a number and they'll they'll designate the taxi. Thank to, you. Yeah, parang ganon. Yeah. Okay. And these that's are all simple cool. solutions. Exactly, and I think that's what's great about design, right? I actually think if the solution is simpler, and in a country like the Philippines, if the, the solution is affordable and right. quick to do, then it you know it helps right away, right? right? I mean, if we came to them and said you know you have to design a new jeep, you have to ganyan, it's never gonna happen. By the time yeah. it happens, tapos na, you know how many yeah. people have died? And the cost, so, no, for us, we can't even yeah. afford all of these things, and yeah. there there are already systems in place that. We can use so. Yes. I mean, that's exactly what what you're doing right now, no? And it takes just to give an idea um, to convert one Jeep. It's a maximum of ten thousand pesos, right? Oh, ten thousand uh, right, pesos. Okay. Yeah. Right now, the only reason, to be honest, what's more expensive are the masks because they're disposable. Like, right. They're so Every, expensive, right? right? One box is like around nine hundred pesos, so that's already a oh, tenth really? of just the mask. It's oh. a tenth already of the price of the total thing. And then for the lab gowns have to be... So the consumables, the ones they're wearing disposable, that's actually the more mahal part because we're supplying at least for one month, mm-hmm. right? But the, the tarpaulin, the clear plastic, and then it's... It's super you know, cheap, right? It's not... It's super cheap. It's super cheap, right? And, tali lang you, know, yun. you just attach it. Tali lang yun. And we're even... Ano, they're gonna move it around from one jeep to the next. Oh, okay. You know? so, 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 talagang tipid. It's not, it's not per jeep. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yung mahal lang talaga yung mask, yung uh, gloves, uh, yung, yeah. So, yung and and how, much, how much would a ride in the jeep cost? Is there is there already a calculation for the cost of the ride? Or is it free? It's free because it's ano, by LGU. Oh, right? okay. So, the LGU is paying for everything. Exactly. And JP... I saw because someone sent me uh, um, like the rides given to frontliners in Muntilupa. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I saw it, they were seated beside each other. Right. So I sent it to our part. I said, can you reach out to the Muntilupa? I mean, it's great for the frontliners, but you have to understand, when they leave the hospital, the likelihood that they got infected, or at least, you know what I mean, they got exposed right. to, uh, ano, is Maybe high. Pass, yeah. Exact, and then you're making all of them sit side by side in that vehicle, right? That's not you're violating social distancing within the vehicle, 
right? So here, even in the Jeep, we have markers. Okay. Because they can only take how many people and where they are allowed to sit. So okay. uh, the same principles apply, you know, alcohol, I mean, you know, hygiene, So, so essentially in the Jeep, um, the Jeep doesn't necessarily have to take just one patient. It can take like multiple patients along the route. Is that, is that what? So it's point to point. We okay. don't stop anywhere else. Okay. Um, we're ma the maximum number we'd like for the Jeep to take is three. Oh, three. Right? Okay. That, that's not yes. a lot. <laughs> because yeah, only so that we can also, what do you call that? Practice social distancing within the Jeep. Right. Because once, so when we take you there for dialysis, we have to pick you up. Babalik yung jeep to pick them up. Right. Again, this is someone who just who's going through dialysis, so his immune system is a bit low, and That's he right. just came from the hospital. Even if sabi mo di should dumaan ng ER, I don't know kung meron siyang nadaanan potentially na you know um, right. COVID right. positive. My friend. Had, was called because she was in an elevator in her condo. But more if you were in the hospital, right? That's right. So the G, the system assumes that uh, we're transferring PUIs. Okay. So at least for safety protocols, we're assuming that you know um, we have enough dis distancing and whatever. It assumes that it can run for PUIs. Okay. And uh, like, what is the total budget for this? How much? Like just to give a give a range for LGUs who might be listening to this podcast, like how much are they planning to spend in Mandaluyong in in terms of? They are so this one we actually fundraised for it. Okay. Right. So, um, but the cost is around ten thousand per jeep. Ten thousand. So, per like jeep. I said, that's around one month's worth of ano, um surgery, the consumables part. Yeah. yeah, but the banners, the ano, that's fixed already. Okay. So after, uh, so it, the setup for a month is 10000 and then uh -huh. less after that. Okay. So, okay. So the initial yeah, setup is a little more expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then after you just uh, replenish the masks and the uh, lab gowns, basically, and the alcohol. Right. right. So it, I think it's inexpensive, right? And, um, but it's not just going to be necessary during the lockdown, even after the lockdown. Right. That's right. I don't think people so, will be traveling. Parang social distancing will be the new normal. No, will be yeah. there won't be mass crowds and if you can avoid it, people will be I don't know, six feet apart, I think is the recommendation. Exactly. So that's that's exactly. going to be the new normal for us. Then yeah. um and did how many jeeps are you targeting for this initial run? We prepared for three Jeeps, but Mandaluyong's already said that um, they have a few drivers lined up and they're going to rotate it. Okay. That's why okay. it needed to be. So we'll see. But um, yeah, it's, it's, we're prepared for three Jeeps. And then, like I said, it's fairly inexpensive. So we're also, uh, some people are trying to fundraise for this. Right. So hopefully... Yeah, if LGs are interested, they could you know get it out there. Yeah, and it's a super simple only, project, no, and everybody needs yeah. it at the moment. And what we want, okay, this is the big dream, JP, that it goes beyond COVID, right? So the dream is that I mean, it's free to dream, the right? It goes yeah, into the system of the National Disaster Program, mm. right? So this Jeep, if there's an earthquake, you can use the Jeeps. Yeah, I can, can slide in a stretcher. Right. You activate the community 
to be part of the rescue. That, right? that's, so, that's really good. No? Parang it, you train them, you capacitate them, and they're, yeah. they're parang citizen rescuers that just get activated exactly. when necessary. Exactly. It's like a reserve. You know what I mean? Right, right. So you have a military reserve, but this is a disaster, whatever, reserve. And we, and we need it. this, no? Because the Philippines, we have what? 20, 10 to 20 exactly. typhoons a year, earthquakes, exactly. and now yeah. COVID-19. So yeah. uh, I think I'm, I'm actually afraid if this crisis extends to July, August, and then we start getting the strong rain and and the typhoons yeah. and this is going to be like double problems no, for exactly for the country now yeah so so yeah so like i said when we looked at the breakdown of systems basically that's it like we're not necessarily and we're again we're not saying this to knock anybody but you know we're not that prepared uh, when disaster hits and we were talking about it it's surprising because we get hit by disaster so many times right, right? right. yet we're not you know, so I know. So people tell me, oh, cause Michelle, you know, when it's the next uh, person in well, uh, no, in government, papalit na naman yan. But if you put it in policy, right? Then pwede, right? right? If you put it in policy and systems, so right. you know, color coding. It doesn't matter which president sits. We still have color coding, right? right. So it's it's not a real traffic rule. I mean, you know what I mean. Right. But it, it's something designed for the country, and it's there regardless. So why can't you instill things like this in policy? And that's where I think you know I I listen to this guy talk about Melbourne, Melbourne and yeah. the reason. Yeah, Melbourne, Palau, when they were planning it, the government specifically got a designer as part of government. Ah, so, I love Melbourne. It's a really nice city. <laughs> there. And because a designer was part of it, he uh, was seated in government. There was a role for him in government. So do you right? think so, that, that having a designer in every LGU should be the norm, given that designers are actually people who find solutions to problems? I'm not sure if in LGU or in the national level, Mm -hmm. Right, but but definitely. Yeah, because um, like even the LGUs, definitely. they'll hire a designer, but the designer is really a graphic designer. But like yes. not not in the in the sense of a designer for solutions, no. So exactly. So that's the concept that a lot of governments talk about. That but like, oh, I'll, I'll get a designer, but it's a designer pang banner, pang exactly tarp or, or everything. Iba yun. Yeah. Right. Iba yun. You need um somebody who will look at it in a big scale and then connect the dots mm -hmm. right and when they connect the dots when it's connected how do you plan it down to the detail of the lgu so i feel like it has to be more at the national level okay right? and then from there it you know so again you look at you have a bigger perspective so you look at if you think about it now uh, it's not the national that's taking the lead no it's all the LGUs so parang if you think about it all these LGUs are stepping up and they're they're designing their own stuff like Vico is doing his own thing Marquina is designing their own their own strategy yeah. and maybe having this little cities compete with each other rather than having a national government say, this is how we need to do it and everybody has to do it, 
competition like the open free market might be a better better option. True, but what could happen also is you let these LGUs do that. And then the things that work, you pull it up. Yeah. And then you can take it to the other LGUs. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Right? That's exactly. something that, that, so, that can happen. Exactly. That's why you need that kind of mindset at national level. Because, you know what I mean? The capabilities, the budgets of each LGU will be different. Right. right? So it's like in, in marketing, they call you have uh, brand managers and then you have category managers. That category manager will look at how the entire category moves. Because otherwise, there are only some brands that are malakas. The other brands are not. Right? So the category manager now makes decisions for the whole category so that even the mahina natutulungan. Right. So, right, right. Yeah, yeah so just it, like I right now, it's... I like I like the concept of competing cities. It just like uh, you know, like I think it that that will be able to force cities to maybe lower taxes, get more investment because so, they compete with each other, yeah. no? And yeah. uh, parang the way we've been doing it for the last hundred years is that the national government tells everybody what to do and everybody follows mm-hmm. because the money comes through the national government. But what we're seeing with COVID nineteen is all these cities stepping up. You know, they're they're yeah. really they're really creating their own little spaces. Na parang right now, I want to move to Pasig or you know I want to move to yeah. Baguio because parang oh their mayor their their governance is galeng. great, galeng and yeah. and this and it and it comes with the investment market as well, diba? Parang if you're a business, you want to be in Pasig because they're more stable. Yeah. Or or, yeah. or you want to be in a certain city because they're you know there's they're simply better at doing things and and I think exactly. competition will do that. Hindi yung parang right now kasi everybody just gets a dole out from the national government so there's no there's no incentive to compete. Parang you True. don't you get the money anyway whatever you do through your era. Yeah. Based on how many people live there and how many people pay tax and everything, but but I think cities need to start competing with each other and I think that's something yeah. you know uh, and, and with your design thinking that's something that they can start doing as well I think what's interesting is because LGUs because you're on the ground you'll get first-hand insight that the national government will not right, right? so even the national government you'll get data from you know um, the different people on the ground and LGUs would be one of them so, you know, if you're a magaling LGU and you already have the data, you have the feel, you have the pulse of the public, then you can make it into something without having to wait for national government, definitely. Right, right. right. Uh, but yeah, the role of national government, ideally, is, you know, you're able to now um, take best practices and, and share it across right. um, everybody. I think that's always, remember when we were kids, that's what they would always say about the Philippines. We're very regionalistic. Right. right. So everybody, true, yeah. you know, and they, we need to be a little bit also more nationalistic in that in that sense. So, right. um, yeah, and and because you know, wealth, education, it's not evenly spread out in the country, right? So you you need some sort of you know, oversight to be able to take care of the other areas as well. So yeah, so both. I think okay. both. Right? But okay. To your point of putting a designer in government, 
I think so. Um, I don't know if that's something Philippines is ready for, to be honest. You know, it, it's such a new notion. And, and it's difficult for a designer to maneuver politics. That's you know right. I mean? That's right. Yeah. So it has to be also an environment that, you know, helps the designer. And he, he can't maneuver. Right. But all it takes Very is one, one example, right? like say one LGU gets a designer, puts them on the staff, and they do really yeah. well, and yeah. everybody starts copying. Naman, diba? Parang yeah. It's the shawarma effect or you know, the exactly. side effect or whatever. Exactly, yeah. And I think what we want to show is you don't have to do expensive innovation, R&D. You could do little tweaks. Right. You know? It doesn't and have to be can, complicated. Yeah. And that's what designers can do, you know, simplify things so that you find solutions the simplest way possible. Should be. It should be that way. All right. So, so let's uh, move on to um now, I mean you're 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 a brand strategist, you work with a lot of big companies, you've worked with Ayala, Ortigas, um, a lot of medical firms and us tiny little company here in the mountains <laughs> and uh, um, so how how is this how do you think this whole covid-19 is going to change the landscape what's what's your opinion how is it cha- going to change um in terms of uh, business in terms, well, in, in terms of business people. in terms of the market like what what brands will survive do you think and what brands will not survive? I, to be honest, it would be a, my personal take right now. Right. Uh, because I don't think anybody really knows. Yeah. Um, but what I think right now, uh, there are certain things that we're doing now we've never done before. So for example, online banking. You know, right. they, they, we, we were forced to do certain things during the lockdown. And I think we will continue to do more of that. That will be part of, they say, it takes how many days to form a habit. During the lockdown, it's already been formed because we've already completed those number of days. So you have no so choice. That will be, yeah, no choice, right? And um, so, so you know, those will be part of our anana, behavior. So that will grow. Uh, second is, you know, what's interesting for me this time is, so we like to look at the consumer's mindset, right? People are behaving, you know, and reacting out of fear. Right. This... You know, no one in our generation has ever experienced anything like this. You know, like it's a global, you know, meltdown. So people are reacting out of fear. And so I noticed that what people are spending on are things that will give them some form of security. So um, my investment clients are telling me investments are up. Oh, really? In the normal, yeah. So there are normal times. What, what, what kind of investments? Are these like uh, stock or are they investing in bonds or T-bills? Mutual funds, insurance. You know, really? I, I know some millennials who text me and say, you know, Michelle, I've never thought about it. Now I think I need to buy my own HMO because my company, you know, doesn't have one. Wow. Right? I mean, they never thought about it. All of a sudden, he wants to buy an HMO. So security, right? Because... Of this uncertainty. Right. There's so much uncertainty right now. Yeah. Yes. So the things, you know, before, you know, I could go without a job. I could do things like that. But this insecurity is heightened. So 
apparently investments, mutual funds, things like that are, you know, these investment companies are doing well. Really? Insurance. Yeah. Despite insurance. the stock market tanking, you know? Or is it the good time to buy because the stock market is down? Yes. Yes. So okay. that's what our real uh, investment clients have been telling us. Mm. So you typically buy. My my mentor was telling me what people, Filipinos don't understand. Wag kayo magpanic buying sa supermarket. Wag <coughs> panic buying kayo sa stock market. Right. right. He was like, so the companies that we work with, because part of their purpose is financial education, because they're teaching their people, you buy now, right? Right. May sweldo naman kayo na sa bahay lang kayo, buy now. So they are able to educate the market and their sales are up. But this is also assuming that the so, companies that they're buying into will do well post-COVID, right? You're assuming yes. that. But you don't know. You don't know if these companies will do well. You don't, you don't know if people will be buying and spending. Siguro, Meralco, obviously, you, everybody pays electricity. Then, okay, I'll buy Meralco stock. Or, there, I think there are two things they're looking at. One is... Um, really the financial capability of the company mm-hmm. and the product in the long term, not the short right. term. So they're telling people, when you buy now mutual funds, don't flip it in a month. Right. Right. You have to look at it mga two years, you know right. what I mean? So, telco is up. I mean, right. look at the consumption yeah. of data. So, telco yeah. is up. Right. Um, our real estate clients, you know, not much, because everybody's still looking long term, their investments, right? right. right? So, um, so yeah, so there are still companies where they're short term, they're already doing well, like telco companies, insurance companies. Right. Long term, they're still um, supposed to do well. Right, because they're looking at so, looking at it over like a ten year thing, or maybe maybe even twenty years. No, it's not like the one yeah. two years where this this whole COVID disaster will affect us. So they're looking at it the might, projection of much longer. Yeah. But because the dip is so, it might even be shorter than 10 years. Right, you know I mean? right. I mean, I'm not a financial expert, right? But what, Yeah, because the dip um, is so big, you know? Parang it's, yeah. I don't know, 30% of the market just got erased. Yeah. And, yeah. and so parang people are looking at that. But, but that also assumes that people have the cash, parang right now, don't you want to hold on to the cash? I don't know. So... The thing that I've noticed here in the Philippines is that um, there are a lot of people with a lot of money. You know what I mean? In the last decade, a lot of people have made a lot of money. Right. right? So, so these people are you know, still very liquid. Um, they have more than enough. So, you know, as long as you have enough to get by for the year, beyond that is, you know, that's right. That's right. It's extra, right? right. So, so that's how they think. They're very opportunistic. Like you were saying, I think like an entrepreneur, they're really thinking like savvy investors. Right. So so that one, uh, so investments are up. Um, healthcare, like we were saying, is up. HMOs. Uh, I sent you, I don't know if I sent it to you. In China, right after the lockdown was released, Hermes experienced massive wow. sales. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So luxury goods. So, I think that comes from, um, so remember talking about fear and security? So that th- comes from a different type of fear. You know what I mean? Like, it's, you know, when I'm dying, do I need all of this money? And what do right. I really want? And I, so right. that kind of like, 
gastusin ko um, na lahat. <laughs> exactly, the bana, you know, what is the point? You know, I could have, so so there, there's so but again, it it's I think the behavior is driven by uncertainty. Whether it's uncertainty and being covered by the basic needs, healthcare, finance, food, or this uncertainty where you know life might just end and I need to you know um, buy what I want. Right. right. So it's it's that kind of understanding the market to see how will they react and, and also being sensitive. Huh? So you might be the right product, but you're being too pushy at the wrong time. Right. It might just ruin it for your brand. Right. Right. So. So don't yeah, don't sorry. oversell yourself at the moment. No, parang, Not no. Because people are no. really. I mean, there are a lot of people who are really hard up and, and parang trying to sell your product at this time, you know, it's completely insensitive sometimes, depending on the yes. product, obviously. Like, like I have a client, their salesperson is saying, you know, obviously his client is a, you know, very, very wealthy person, real estate, whatever. And then the person just said, how insensitive of you to um, sell to me at this time. Because, you know, even if you know he has money, what if you don't know that he is a relative at the hospital? Right. Right. This this virus hit wealthy people, right? So he, he's probably worried about a friend or a family member, and you're selling him something. Right. It, it's so it's not even the capacity. It's just it's not the right time. It's very insensitive. It's quite insensitive. Right. Right. So, so it's very difficult also to craft a campaign right now. No, like. For you, if you you're you know you're gonna strategize for the companies you you your clients and like how would they sell their product now? Obviously, some clients can't sell anything. Uh, yeah. Maybe some clients can. I don't know, but but like how would how would you craft the message at the moment for 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 someone who wants to sell something in this time? I think to me it depends. If your product helps them today. Mm-hmm. Right, and then you can advertise how you can help them today. So, for example, if it's online banking, or you know what I mean, if it's something that can help them while they're in lockdown, right. then that's fine. But if it's not helpful for them today, I told my clients to stop advertising first. I've right. asked them to pull out their ads. That's the um, strategy. From, Just be yes. sensitive. Take it all out. Yes, take it all out. And then you know what consumers now want to see. The authenticity of your purpose. Like you have this vision, mission that you kept talking about. How do you now fulfill that? So if you're the type of company that, um, oh, you sent me that, right? You fired your people, right? As soon as the lockdown happened. But you talk about, you know, our culture, you know, we're the best workplace and whatever. And they know you have the funds. It's different if they don't, you don't. Then that's not being authentic to your purpose. So customers will see that because right. your purpose you marketed it to them right. as well so that's true no? that's parang a lot of these companies millennial companies over the last five years or ten years they all have parang this purpose no like let's say i've seen mm-hmm. shoes that have a purpose and clothing and all of these things yeah. no and yeah and how do you continue this past the point where you can't sell anything anymore and nobody's buying. So, parang, does it still connect to the reality of, of, 
of your of your brand and and so this is I, a this is a point where your customers actually see what the brand's values actually are exactly <coughs> i mean i'm not the only one i didn't do their campaign but you know people have been asking me who did the lego no campaign during oh lego sardines right lego sardines you know the last time i went to the supermarket i specifically looked for right right lego diba uh, yeah you can only buy five there but i specifically looked at ubusna right and right. i know friends who did the same thing right. right what did they do they weren't the only ones who diverted their advertising money to csr they right. weren't the coke only ones. did this also right coke Coke exactly. basically gave their whole advertising budget to CSR. Exactly. So my friend asked me, she's a marketing director. What was what? Why was Lego different from Coke, or not even from from others? Why was it different for Lego? I said, aside from donating money, this is what I feel. They were brave enough to talk their mind. Right. So they right. had those political, you know what I mean? Right. Um, statements subtly. Right. Yeah. So they were. So one is you're generous. Two is you're brave. Yeah. The others are not brave, diba? And, and that you really know, that really creates a lot of brand loyalty automatically, you know? Yeah. Then, yeah. I mean, you right. look for Lego. I, I also look for Lego, although we don't buy sardines. I, Me too! It's not my Lego here in the supermarket. So. I sardines. But, yeah, yeah diba? Parang everybody knows Lego sardines now. Even though maybe exactly. it's, not, it's not the best sardines out there, but Everybody knows it. Who cares? <laughs> exactly. And exactly. then you're gonna buy right. it, and yeah, and a lot of the people who yeah. actually follow them on social media are the people who actually can buy, diva. Right? They they yeah. have the funds to buy. So authentic and actually that's true. No, being brave that's something that's really lost uh, for a lot of companies. And I exactly. think I think Lego really stepped up about you know being brave and being being this company that actually takes on it's it's difficult no there's there's trolls out there and exactly. they put out these things and exactly ba, parang kakatakot eh, to 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 be brave in this time uh, yeah. you know we have a president who yeah. can take away your business permit just like that um, exactly. you know i know i know several businesses and they talagang they're trying yeah. to keep a low profile because they don't wanna, you know, they don't wanna touch exactly. anything. Just baka atakin sila. If they can attack the Ayalas or MVP, ano ba yeah. naman yung small company? Smaller. Mo, exactly. Yeah, di ba? So, it's really so incredibly that, brave. No, that's true. It's it is. Brave of, of Lego. Yeah. So, that was something that people admired, right? Because everybody was looking to government, so frustrated, so and nobody was, and then here comes a a brand like nobody relates, diba? So yeah, nobody knows me. this brand. Diba? I mean, exactly. lots of people you don't even notice it. It's like a, it's like an invisible brand. You just buy whatever sardines is there. Exactly. Yeah. And so that was brilliant. You know what I mean? Um, but again, it may not be for everybody because bravery is. Right. You know what I mean? Not every, yeah, that's a it's, that's a. No, that's a it's, treat. it's definitely difficult. And it's also a gamble. Yeah. I don't know yeah. how many companies or businesses are willing to gamble, especially now. No, it's yeah. it's very difficult to do now. Obviously, the the people running Lego are young, and yeah. and, and very well educated. So they yeah. 
parang they probably have a deep war chest that says the parang you know fuck it yeah. <laughs> I don't care yeah. diba? parang ganun yung ano nila yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's yeah so it's I mean to the market the other brands have deep war chests too right right so Lego is not even as big a brand as the other brands of course yeah, so of course. yeah so it was just you know what I mean it was yeah so that resonated with people the bravery if the generosity is happening all around, that's great. But the, the, the bravery just really resonated with the market. And, you know, that, you know, that pacing for the whole year. That's Maybe true. even the next coming, yeah. Like people, it, it's embedded in people's but, um, minds, That's right? their advertising, so, whatever advertising budget they donated. Now, yun na yun, di ba? Parang yun na yun. it pays Longer for the... Pa. Uh, hanggang two or three years from now, people will still... It's, it's already a brand that everybody knows. Exactly. Right? And I think, because advertising, it's, <coughs> it's talking, you know, it emits awareness. Here, it's parang people have a relationship now with legal. Right. You know what I mean? Because they feel like it's a, it's a very socially conscious and right. brave brand. It, so, I, I feel it's like the Elon Musk school of advertising. You know, parang Elon Musk kasi... Yeah. He doesn't pay for advertising, but he does like crazy things or you know stuff that people will talk about for your yeah. for I know and and everybody knows you know Tesla and whatever. And you know what's great? I mean, adding to that is branding. Really, if you have a good brand, you won't pay for advertising that much. So right. that's what people don't understand, right? So that's why branding is not just logo design. Branding is a total promise. It's a total and the delivery of the promise. So you can promise something, but if you don't deliver it, that's not a brand. You know what I mean? That's advertising. Right. right? So Starbucks doesn't advertise the way you know other people. Right. They hardly ad- advertise, advertise actually. Exactly. They hardly advertise. But their stores, they design their stores so that you know they don't kick you out even if you've been seated for three hours. Right. That's true. You can yeah. plug your gadgets and you know it's okay yeah so i used to do that like in that. college <laughs> so. exactly i mean you know, i think it's been abused to an extent you know especially in your school like that's already yeah. the co-working space but right. that's the whole you know starbucks right so you go every it's when they say they're the third place they really are the third place so right. so that's so they've already spent on advertising apple is the same so they're Elon Musk, right? You don't right. need to see an ad of a Tesla. Exactly. You, 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 you only need to see an ad of a Tesla to know the new model, but you want the Tesla when you see it. So that's brand. How do you, and that's why design is important in brand because you need to know how to deliver it. Right. You have right. to design the experience, whether it's in the product, the system, the customer service, that's... Right. So it's it's that's like really important. a whole package you're giving to the customer. You know? and, and that's really insightful because a lot of people think that to sell a product or to sell your brand, you just need to completely advertise, 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 you know, pay for Facebook ads, whatever. But it's really brand building that's really important. And, and the cost of advertising, of marketing actually goes down with the value of your brand going up. Yes, yeah. Not to say you don't need advertising. You still need it for new customers, you know, to reach new people. Right. Right. But if you have a good brand, what should happen is once you get them, you're retaining them. Right, right. right. And they're spreading the word. Right. So that's why you're spending less advertising. 
And so, you know, like thanks thanks to your work with us, a lot of the people think, oh, they have the best designs, <laughs> jersey <laughs> designs. So, uh, like for our hey. run, for our run, we normally have um, maybe sixty percent return rate or something like that. And and these are oh. from people who come from all over the world. No, they they fly okay. in again, which is unusual for for runs. And uh, so, I mean, that that's something. No, parang it's really the whole package of of creating that that brand and not not just the marketing and selling of uh, of your product so yeah so i mean that's great and like i said marketing is one side of it branding but um we look at how we design cities because we do a lot of real estate right and it's important so that's why we try to do this um pro bono stuff it allows us to do things our clients won't allow us to do yeah that's right yeah that's you know right. what i mean so so yeah so there's that kind of then selfish what they call that i don't know if it's selfish yeah but we we know we won't be able to do these things with clients right but right. we want to be able to show how design um works and to be honest i want to test our ideas Right. So that's the selfish side of it. When we have this idea, we get so excited, like the Medici. So, kaya ba? Parang kaya. So we talk to each other like that. Oh, I mean, it's so simple. It's so easy. Parang kaya, de ba? So I was telling my my creative director. So we've been studying design systems, you know, and uh, you know things like this for years, but we never had the opportunity to do it here because. They'll always say, so what kind of revenue? And it's not a revenue-driven thing. So we finally get to do this. We've always done it. We I don't know if I told you we did like Litter of Light. Um, right, Litter of Light. So, right, yeah. yeah, so we've done projects pro bono for partners like that, but not really initiating an idea ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I was my, who would have thought that we're able to do this? Like try to, you know, prototype our own idea during a crisis, right? I mean, right, coming right. into lockdown, we never knew, we never, we had all these ideas, we didn't know who to pitch it to, how to get it to happen, and then the crisis happens, and it just, you know, the universe just connected us to the right people, right, one by right. one, and then, and then we're gonna try something tomorrow. Yeah, so, that's, that's, that's amazing, from, from so, concept all the way to implementation and Probably faster than you would normally do it, right? Like, yeah, this is this is a much faster process than what you would do with companies or whatever. And yes, and you're being able to implement it and troubleshoot it, you know, immediately. <laughs> so that's yeah. pretty amazing. Exactly. So I mean, we have this other oh. thing I was telling you about. Uh, I call it reverse innovation for uh, single-use plastic. Okay. We've been working on that for a couple of months now. I because we had other, you know, stuff in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always been shelled. And I really didn't know who to pitch it to and whatever. So that's there. And then, like you said, this thing happened. Boom, boom, boom. In one week, the whole thing is put together. And the whole thing will be, you know, prototyped. And I guess the difference is because it's urgent. You need it. Right. So climate change, it's not urgent. So people were like, oh, okay, yeah. But it's, right. a, it's urgent. Right. right? So we need to things, do it now. So, yeah. so there's resources and people are more 
more willing to take on the idea. Yeah. So, and we're going back to what you're saying about what will people buy, what will people, you know. Um, so, yeah, so definitely all those things about security. And then, you know, you have those far-flung dreams that, you know, before I die, I want to do it. I might as well do it now because I thought I might, you know, I might die. Or so, bucket list end. things, like bucket yeah. list items. Like yeah, a Hermes so bag. <laughs> a Hermes bag. For some people, that's, you know what I mean? It's not right, for us, right. but... Uh, yes, I have friends that, you know, what are they doing now? They are watching travel videos mm-hmm. to get ready for when this all happens, to go on their bucket list wow. trips. So, right, yeah, right. so there's still things like that, I think. it will. That, those things will just take longer based on, again, when the travel industry is ready because there's still that fear. Right. But, um, yeah, uh, so you will still have that, right? Um, I think generally everything will still be purchased, but the thing is, people will be highly selective. Right. So you need to be that product and that brand that people that will select. It. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's true. That's true. No? Are, so it's are you the dream or are you the necessity? Or you know, if you're in the middle. That's right. So it's it's people on the on both edges that will yeah. be that will actually benefit from this, no? So yes. Um, so you either have to be like that dream product or the essential product that actually yeah yeah. All right. Could be. Right. Well, so, hopefully we find. I think most businesses will be able to to move to either side, no? Not everybody, like you said in the beginning, not everybody will survive, unfortunately, and that's going to be a fact of life. Like restaurants yes. will do really badly for sure. Yeah. Uh, I would think malls as well would be pretty badly hit after this. Yeah. Malls, restaurants, retail. Anything and events. And events, yeah. Concerts, um, you know, uh, bazaars, you know, the bazaar and of Filipinos. Um, so anything that basically challenges the norms that we used to do that will now, you know, that's now affected by COVID, it will take a while. Right, right. It will take a while. Right. And yeah. do you think, how many years do you think till we bounce back from all of this? Um, nobody really knows. So I, was, I had a meeting this morning. So I read somewhere that Mark Zuckerberg has mm-hmm. canceled all Facebook any meeting or event that's over 50 people until fall of 2021. So oh, that's wow. what um, most people are saying that's about long. at least gatherings and events. Yeah. So for events, it will be till fall of 2021, essentially. That's what they're saying. And Perfect. by events, they're talking about over 50 people. That's not even a big event. That's not a big event. Yeah. 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 That's not even a big event. So this is something so, I have to take note of because we do events. <laughs> Yeah. Our events are definitely more than 50 people. So we've been trying to rack our brain on how to actually redesign the event so that we don't have that many people in one place at one time. And yeah. Well, you're, at least you're outdoors, so it's a little bit more... Yes, correct. yes. Uh, we're outdoors and in the sunlight, so that's something that we, we can actually control. Um, yeah. But then we have sometimes 500 people, and you know that's a lot yeah. of people. So that's... 
in the travel. In the travel, yes. Everybody's traveling from somewhere, and exactly. there's exactly. a chance that a lot of those people will, I don't know, be asymptomatic from from COVID nineteen, and that's something. Exactly. Which is why we're actually canceling all our events for the year. <laughs> so, yeah. And we're moving to more of the uh, smaller events, like twenty people, uh, training camps, things like that, which are which are much okay. much less. Uh, people intensive for uh, for that, but yeah, that's a. I mean, the really interesting insight into what will sell and what will not, and what people will be doing. You know, Hermes and luxury goods, I know. obviously. But I, I think anybody can now really use design. Right. So, for example, you you're redesigning your events. You yes. have to. Yes, right? we have to. We have so, to do that. Exactly, um, and it you know um, it might be even good for the environment. I don't know. I, I'm sure you're not ruining the environment, but right, right. I think this whole thing, as bad as it is for the economy, it might be better for you know the earth. You know what I mean? So yeah. Right. Like definitely. I said, definitely. I mean, there, this, this is a time when we can reset everything, rethink how we're growing our businesses rethink how investment is being done and yeah. and even even just simply the fact where companies now have to think should i get that loan to expand my business maybe it's not necessary you know i mean that that's a that's one of the things and because generally businesses tend to want to grow year on year maybe you know plateauing your growth is actually not a bad thing and then yeah and that's actually been done for hundreds of years, still probably the last century, you know, the, where exactly. growth has been exponential. Yeah, and you know, yeah. So, in a way, parang redesigning the world. Right, right. I mean, I don't want to make it sound bad way that you know it's design and whatever, but yeah, it will entail for us to redesign the world. I mean, you to redesign the way governments think. I mean, it's not from the Philippines. Look at the United States, right? It's crazy. So. Uh, you need to redesign the way governments um, think and react, businesses, uh, the way people live. A lot of things that like, need to change, right? right? And so I think that's why it's exciting for me. Uh, right. Like you said, maybe that's, I don't know if that's the designer side of what we do or the entrepreneurial side of me. I'm not sure. It's just, yeah, it feels like a clean slate almost. Right, that's right. And that's where opportunity is, right? That clean sleep. Yeah. You can do anything. You can be anyone, essentially. Yeah. It's just, I guess, scary for people to start all over again. You know, oh, definitely. definitely. Yeah. Uh, so, a lot of businesses have been there for years and many of them will go out of business with this. Yeah. Just, but it also points to, um, I think it really points, for me, it's important to see that businesses can go bust in one month of not doing anything that just points to the fact that why is that the, why is that the, that the reality now that you stop business for one month and you go out of business completely but parang dapat hindi ganun i mean why, why don't they have enough liquidity na parang one month lang out of business ka na diba tapos na so parang I think that's also this, how businesses should shift the way they think. 
So I had this discussion with one of my mentors who, you know, financing or whatever. So I was saying, so he was checking on me, okay, what's the uh, runway of your business? You, you all have to do that, right? How much longer, assuming you don't have collections, right. how long can you last, right? So I was saying this, that, and I said at a certain point, um, I know that if, you know, the financials don't come in, the collections, whatever, I will need to reinvest, right? And that's fine. And he was telling me, I'm, I'm glad you, I, that, you know, you're saying that, right? Because that's the thing, JB, right? Your business has given you a lot throughout the years. And then there will come a time when it needs you. Right. That one month, right? Right. Or, you know, bakit nga siya namamatay? Kasi, yung may-ari, dapat willing kang pondohan ulit. Right, right. Diba? Like you said, hindi pwedeng every year, kuha ka lang ng kuha. Diba? Right. When it's also down, I, I remember one of my clients, uh, they hired a, a foreign partner we brought in that's really, really expensive. And, you know, they're a, they earn well, but they're not like an Ayala or, you know, mm. uh, a banker SM. So I asked them, you know, why did you spend for our partners? Obviously, they're very expensive. They're, you know, a global branding agency that's the number one in the world. And, you know, when I sell them here to you know, big corporations, even they find them expensive, mm. right? You're medium-sized. You're big, but you're medium. She's like, because Michelle, the way we see our business, our business, this is our child. It's given us so much throughout the year. So now that it needs our attention, wouldn't you give your child the best? Right. And I was so surprised that she said that. You know, she was a 34-year-old girl, right? And she was right. That business has given them so much. And now that it needs attention, why would you get a mediocre company right. or, you know, to give that, if that were your child, you wouldn't. Right. See? So this so, is a really good point you're, you're saying. No? That a lot of these businesses have all these founders and everything. And, and like you said, you yourself, you're, you're willing to reinvest in the business. Obviously, the businesses, your business runs itself now. And, and it has enough funds for up to a certain number of months. And reinvesting is actually something that maybe a lot of business owners should be thinking of now. No? And putting back, keeping their staff in office, uh, keeping their staff paid. It's, I mean, it's the least maybe they can do. They're already millionaires yeah. or multi-millionaires. Yeah. Uh, and putting in something from their yeah. own pocket is actually uh, giving back to the business, giving back to all yeah. the people who have built the business yeah. for you, who have yeah. made you all of these millions and just keep yeah. them afloat for the next few months. And It's your brand. It's your business. If you don't believe in it, why would others believe in it? Right. That's Why would a true. bank lend you money if you don't believe in it? Right? Not, so I under it, I guess it's different if your business is really going to be dead after this. Right. Right. And then then you need to innovate. You need to pivot. Right. Right. So and even in that pivoting and reinvest, you, you'll need to reinvest. Not only money but time. Right. But yeah, that business is yours. Why wouldn't you take care of it? So right. I guess that's the difference also, yeah, being founder versus, you know, I don't know. So that's just my personal. Right, yeah. right. But I think it's really, really so. good insight for, for the moment where a lot of businesses for sure are going to go bankrupt. They're, they're going to lay off their workers in a few months. I'm seeing a lot of the restaurants 
who are probably not going to be able to survive all of this, no? Because restaurants rely on cash flow, and and yeah. a lot of them are not going to survive this. And maybe that what you're saying is really, I think it rings a lot for me because a lot of these people who own the businesses are in the like you know top ten percent or twenty percent mm. of the country. And reinvesting into the businesses is actually only a fraction of their of their wealth. Yeah. So it's actually something that they can do and they should do, uh, mm-hmm. at the very least, to give back to the workers who have built the biz- businesses for them. Yeah. And you know, yeah. And like I said, the workers and even uh, the company that has given you so much throughout the years. Again, right. Um, but again, that's my personal. Right, right. But what's interesting is talk about restaurants and you, know, you also see now who's very innovative, ah, right? And how they're capitalizing on this. So my friend and I were uh, talking to uh, a client this morning. There's a baker who delivers regular pandesal and stuff to my neighborhood, mm-hmm. and um, Viber, Google okay. Sheets, and then he'll he'll say Thursday I delivered to Rockwell. Wednesday to BGC, ano, to Quezon City, everywhere, right? But so one day, you fill up the Google Sheets, he will deliver on the day that he's scheduled to go here. And he'll text you in that group. So I'm in the group of my building. Mm-hmm. I, I see the total. My building alone, he collects 15,000 per delivery. Wow. There are nine buildings here. Galing, galing. Eh? Right? From Pandisal, Spanish Bread, and Cebada. Right, there are nine right. buildings here. Right. Right, and he does that in VGC, and he does. So I'm thinking, if you compute how much he makes, right? If it's fifteen thousand here times nine buildings, right, you know, right. Look at this. He makes. Yeah. Look at this. Look at this. And he does it in VGC, in Quezon. So I think that's an interesting business model. If I were him, yeah. Because people are telling him, will you continue after lockdown? Because you know, na Habit na yung dinadasa. Yeah, yeah. Habit na she. For him, no rent, no big rent, the commissary and ganyan, parang... That's true, no? That's true. That's something that... Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But not everybody can do this, no? He's probably an early adopter of this whole exactly. thing. No? It's, not, it's not something many people... Like, my mother runs a school... And she finds it very difficult to shift to digital because yeah, she comes yeah. from the time na hindi digital and all of that. So parang it's not something that it's something for a much younger generation, you know, like yeah. maybe forties, fifty, forties and below, parang ganun, mm-hmm. uh, in order to adapt to it. But but right now, I think technology already it's all there. Eh? All you have to do is use it. No? So yeah. there's. You don't even need to develop some things. Yeah. So like for instance, Zoom. I mean, I started this whole podcast on Zoom because Zoom actually exists and allows me yeah. to do it. Every yeah. I have a fiber connection that allows me to do it. And so, you know, parang you know, and it's it's you're 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 my yeah. fifth guest. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So exactly. So I think yeah. it you need to shift faster and the, the people who be able to exactly. shift faster to digital technology will be the winners no exactly. I, and, and everything all the tools exist essentially exactly for and that's what's going up for the filipinos they can make things out of nothing and that's why like the medijib so this guy doesn't even have a website 
Right. They just started a WhatsApp Viber group. Right. And then Google Sheets. Right. And it's not even a website. Right, right, right. So yeah, it's amazing. Huh? Yeah, who's who can say what? Lang, simple lang. Who can simple, simple lang. Kailangan mobilis. So yeah. it's agile. Right, right. Who can innovate and who can be agile about it. Yeah. You have so, to be the Vico Soto of uh, business. Exactly. <laughs> Kaya din madaming mamamatay. Right, like right, said. right. Uh, well, last question. Um, if you had the resources and the ability to implement anything, like your dream idea, what would that be? Like, what would for the Philippines, you know, like to change the Philippines? I don't know, whatever. Do you have like a dream idea? Big, you have the resources, you have the team, uh, everybody's willing to work with you. Is there something that you want to do? Well, there's this, I was telling you this idea we had that it's been parked uh, mm -hmm. during COVID. Uh, it's basically how to reduce um, single-use plastic in a year and a half. So in a I'm year and about, a half? Like, may yeah. timeline na kayo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> ganun, year and a half to two years. Okay. So when we do these little exercises, whether it's Medigy or this other thing we call reverse innovation, uh, the guideline, the aesthetic criteria is not that high. So you'll see, right? It's more of how we solve a problem. Mm -hmm. So the criteria for us is it um, simple to do, generally affordable because we live in the third world country, and then fast to implement, right? So that idea we have fits all three. That's why there's the timeline, the fast, right? So how long will it take? A year and a half to two years? And then simple to do, yes, fast to do, yes. So basically, um, that would be it. Uh, to give you an idea, it's how do we reverse manufacturing processes instead of taking it forward mm -hmm. so that we can um, remove single-use plastic in the, the country. However, it will take bravery that LIGO has so, mm -hmm. <laughs> because we're challenging basically... Um, the big companies, um, the Unilever and, and Procter and Gamble. No? Yes, their their processes, their appetite for revenue, versus because everybody naman says they want to be sustainable. Eh. Right. But, right. The sustainability affects bottom line, so something becomes gets delayed, and chances are it's sustainability. Right. So what we're seeing here is that there is a solution that will still keep you profitable. Maybe it will lessen your profit, but you're still profitable. But it's an immediate solution. So that and, would be... And can you maybe share what... Or is this like a secret? Pa? No, I can share it. <laughs> right. I just don't know without the whole presentation, but I guess you'll get it. Basically, reverse innovation is... So we feel that everybody's trying to invent the next material that will replace plastic. Right? Mm -hmm. But... We feel like until that happens, the world can't take, you know, can't wait. So they say we only have three years, four years. I don't know what's the right uh, study, but okay. there's no time to wait. And even if it gets developed in the States, it will take longer to come to the Philippines, if at all we can right. afford that product. Right. So we need to find our own solution. So what we realize, and that's why we call it reverse innovation, do we really need to invent something new? Or should we just go back to old ways that already worked. 
So, for example, we took things like um, um, water bottles. Okay. Right? Um, right now, my clients, all of us, we take, you know, um, water bottles with us everywhere. Right, we I, ha I have one. Right? Exactly. And they're kind of <laughs> getting fancy, you know, stylish right. and whatever. So, before, we needed to buy these individual water bottles because there was an issue of ano, uh, water safety. Right? Kumukulusi tayo ng tubig sa bahay. Diba? Ngayon wala na eh. Everyone, even the uh, mass market, the you know, uh, middle class, they have water dispensers in their household. That's you can true, buy a yeah. whole five gallon ano, for 40 pesos. Right, so right. water safety isn't an issue anymore. So why are we still buying water? For right. like 15 pesos in you know, uh, 7-Eleven. Why? Right. So I can just um, carry one of these. I have one in, I have a water dispenser in the office, I have a water dispenser in the house. When I go to restaurants, the water is filtered and it's free, right? So it's a change in behavior. And then for so one is a change in behavior. Uh, we'd like to teach people that it's you know, gone are the days where water wasn't safe, right? right? And since it's stylish to buy these, you know, um, buy one, right? right. So, so we have this whole study and even how much money you can save in a year. But you can save around 4,000 pesos if you bought an expensive bottle like this right. versus buying one mineral water <coughs> bottle this big every day. You actually mm -hmm. save money. So, but the other one is manufacturing, right? So, it's telling Coca-Cola, instead of um, you producing plastic bottles, why don't you go back to bottles, glass bottles? Mm -hmm. We had that, you had that system before, you know how to do it, right? right? You used to earn money before. Why don't you go back to that system so that it's not single use? Because what did they do? What did these companies do? They developed a cheaper system, plastic, because they didn't have to think about the disposal. They right. made disposal the problem of the consumer. That's right. And the government. That's exactly. Right. It's not the problem. Because the, the bottles, they would take it back, you know, and then there would yes. be a problem. In they would be the ones in charge of disposal. That's right. Exactly. They were in charge of cleaning it. and whatever. Now they just throw it at us and government. Right? So we even have a study of how much money is the government losing from single-use plastic. Right. right? Why? Wow. You pay for garbage disposal. That's true. That's, That's the true. government expense. Yeah. Right. Before, they would pay for that cleaning. Now no more. You know, government. Right? Right. They Land, passed on so, that. To, to, to the people and the government. Exactly. So one is um, garbage disposal. That's an expense. Second is healthcare. Because eventually all this plastic, right, gets back into the system. We eat mm -hmm. it, blah, blah, blah. Who pays for healthcare in the country? There's universal healthcare. Now. Government takes a hit with healthcare, right? Another one is real estate, right? Mm -hmm. We're filling land, you know, uh, we have Sorry, landfills yeah, of compacted, exactly. Right? right, you can't use that. Nobody can build on those because it's like six feet worth of compacted trash. Right, right. So, uh, the idea is even for uh, companies that issue sachets, ganyan, companies should pay an environmental tax, mm. which is commensurate to the price that the government um, sees as their expense in garbage. So, a polluter, pollution tax health. essentially. Yes, yeah. there's a sin tax. Right. Right for cigarettes and sugar. Mm -mm. So why shouldn't there be an environmental tax? There's a specific expense that the government is shouldering. Right. For you, 
for just all of a sudden, you know what I mean? Right, Not right, taking right. care of your own trash. That's interesting, right. no? That your your so, solution is actually a management system, and not yes. like a technological solution. No. Right. So go go back to glass, or go to uh, aluminum cans, or go back right. to glass. Right. So we know you know how to do it. If you want to improve on the system before, yeah. But go back to that system. We know you made money from it before. We know you know how to do it. So we know there are capabilities in the Philippines to do it. Yeah, it won't take you a long time to R&D it because you've done it before. Right. right. So you do that and if you don't, right, so how long will that take, right? And then if you don't, then there's an environmental tax. Right. Uh, which I mean, is that's pretty simple. Lo- and yeah. uh, some, some other countries do this as well, no? Uh, polluter pay uh, taxes. Yeah. I think Ger- Germany does that for their... Um, plastic manufacturers as well. So this is definitely yeah. something that's easily done. No? So we have that idea for uh, plastic bottles and then for sachets as well. So so yeah, so it's, this, it's a system, like you said, it's a management system. It earns the government money from environmental tax. Um, it's, uh, it's having them uh, change their manufacturing methods, not asking them to make new ones, right? They can use the old systems because the old systems naman worked. Right. So, and then if you go back to old systems, you can initiate it faster. Because we're not waiting for R&D. We're not waiting for, I mean, these... um, New technology. New technologies that even the new technologies might even be, have its own risk that we don't know yet. True, true. So, so yeah, so that's called reverse innovation in... Right now, that would be kind of cool if we could yeah. get that out. Well, after know. this whole thing, yeah. uh, you'll probably have the credibility after the Medijip. <laughs> so maybe that will help push for this. Uh, maybe. Going Let's against the, the whole plastic industry in the country. So thank you very much yeah. for... All right. I know this is a really, really insightful podcast, especially for me. Um, just some last questions. Is there okay. any book that you would recommend or what books are you reading right now? I can't finish a book anymore. Um, I'll be honest with you. I'll say that this, I don't know why. Once I learn something, I stop. But I'm about to start uh, Tools of the Titans. Oh, Tools Somebody of the Titans. Me, okay, right. Yeah, I, I've heard of this book. Uh, yeah, and then um, I'm in the middle of um, Melinda Gates' book. Oh, okay. That's a that's a new yeah. book, right? That's that's somewhat. It's a new, new book. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but also, uh, I read a lot of magazines, articles. Mm-hmm. So, so that's why when you send me stuff, I'm so I digest it right away. So, I read a lot of Ink.com. Ink.com. Um, okay. Yeah, Fast Company. Uh, both different. Fast Company is very Silicon Valley oriented. Ink.com is more like vitamin D. Uh, okay. It's not valuation driven. It's really about companies who make revenue on their own. So I read a lot of um, Inc.com and generally, really, yeah, a lot of um, New York Times, The New Yorker, right. Right. Uh, Washington Journal. So okay. Now we know what the CEO reads. <laughs> well, um, 
I'm sure they read more than me. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, any podcast that you listen to? Oh, JB, sorry, no, not so much. No, okay, uh, yeah, that's fine. No, not so, yeah, <laughs> that's I fine. um call me Badoy, but uh, I listen to Tony Robbins a lot. Okay. So I don't know if you know him. So yeah, so I listen to I listen to him a lot. Um, I I actually have taken one of his courses. So oh, okay. very yeah, so very useful for me uh, in terms of setting direction for my thoughts. All right. So, All right. I, this year, to be honest, is uh, it's about streamlining the people I listen to. Because okay. I kind of got gulo. I was listening to so many people. Mm-hmm. So this year, I decided to streamline uh, a lot of uh, who I listen to. Cut out the noise. Okay. Yeah. Cut out the noise. All right. Well, thank you very much. Is there anything else you want to share with us you want to say before we end this whole uh, discussion? Really, really insightful discussion. Well, no, um, to me, it was like, because I know you come from a very different perspective, like, you know, the environment, most of yes. the people you interviewed are that. So I hope that I'm still coming from a different point of view. I know what I mean, business, marketing, but I hope it was beneficial. But oh, definitely, I think, definitely. Yeah, I think what what's interesting here is um, how does this time really make everybody think? I mean, I'd like to see um, better businesses, better products. Those are two different things for me. Better businesses, better products. Um, yeah, it would really be a shame if things went back to the way they were. Right. We so, shouldn't yeah. go back to normal. No? This, there should be a total shift in how we do things. And this is the yeah. chance. Parang, uh, I think Winston Churchill said, don't waste a good crisis. <laughs> or something oh like that. that's yeah. really that's yeah. amazing yeah yeah don't waste a good crisis so this is this crisis is yeah. as you say you know that's an, it's an opportunity for everyone exactly so yeah i hope i always believe that the philippines has a lot of opportunities